And welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. I'm Aaron Richards, your host today. I'm joined here in the studio with my brother in Christ, Dan Demite. Hey, Dan. Hello, Aaron. It's going to be a fun and exciting day. Yeah. And as you know, as St. Paul experienced God on the road to Damascus, his life was transformed, right? St. Paul's life was transformed through, a, through an unexpected encounter with Jesus. And that encounter led him to a place where he went back to Damascus and he was equipped and sent out for mission. And that's what this show is all about. We, we, we talk about the lives of people. We talk to people whose lives have been transformed through a powerful and sometimes even unexpected encounter with Jesus. And then we, and then, and then, and then we explore how every encounter with the Lord leads us into a life of mission. Isn't that awesome? That is incredible. Dan, you want to kick us off with prayer? Absolutely. Let's begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus, you are alive, and because you're alive, we can know you, love you, and encounter Mm -mm. you. Because you're alive, you can speak to us, and we can hear your voice. Because you're alive, we can relate to you and have uh, a relationship with you. And Lord, we're just so grateful that you have conquered sin and death once and for all, and you have conquered all the consequences of death, Lord, and that you reign victorious. And Lord, we're grateful that you welcome us into your (laughs) victory. And I just pray today, Lord, you would welcome all Mm. of your listeners, and ourselves included, into a deeper reality of your victory, that we would understand what it means that you are alive, that you have raised from the dead, and that you are victorious over over sin and death and all the consequences of death. Yeah, God, we don't we don't just engage in your work and your life as spectators. Mm. Um, but Jesus, you invite us into the process. You invite us into the dirt. You invite us into the victory. Um, God, sometimes it doesn't make sense, and sometimes we have trouble reconciling all of those little details. But Jesus, I pray that in today's show, uh, you would inspire us again with a new and deeper and greater understanding of. God, how it is that you want to co-labor with us in this world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name oh, of the Father, man. and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, I just Th- want to worship This God show's right going to be That's sweet. Exciting. Oh, man. <laughs> God, you're so good. He's such a big God. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Friends, you know that uh, Beyond Damascus is is uh, produced here by, by St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. It's carried across the global EWTN radio network. And we're recording today from the Damascus Media Studio. So we're so blessed um, to be able to be here. Uh, special shout out to St. Gabriel and all the work that they're doing. And um, this, Dan, this is an exciting show. So uh, I was reflecting this morning in, in, in preparation for today's show, and this has been something that, that's, that's come up from, from time to time in my prayer. Like, you know, God humbles himself uh, so that we can be exalted, so that we can be lifted up. And oftentimes um, it, it it, it's it's difficult for us to reconcile, right? How how is it that uh, that that God desires for us, as we hear in Scripture, to be His hands and His feet? Saint Paul speaks it so clearly that we are the body of Christ. Amen. That that we are the hands and feet. We are the voice. We are the words of Jesus. And uh, that I don't know about you. But to me, that feels like a big responsibility sometimes, <laughs> right? Hey, by the way, go be my body, <laughs> right? And um, I, I mean, it, it's it's crazy to think that the saving work that Jesus wants to continue to do in the world today, and, and not even wants to do the saving work that Jesus does in the world today, um, normally his normative way for 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 interacting with with this world is through us, hmm. right? Um, how crazy is it that that God desires to speak through our words, right? 
that God would desire to speak through through this show. How crazy is it that God would desire to um, to, to counsel, to forgive sins through through the words of of His humble servants, of His priests? Right? How how crazy is it that God would desire to heal through our hands and through our words? How crazy is it that God, the Holy Spirit, um, if if there were a measurement of of density of energy level, right? That God, the Holy Spirit, would actually choose as his normative means of coming into this world to come through our our prayer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, um, it's it's just it's just wild. Sometimes I use the example, you know, I, I don't know if there's any fellow electricians out there listening to the show today, but um, we as human beings have come up with some great methods of transferring energy, right? We've got these little light bulbs that are in every room and attached to every vehicle and on every street corner. And, uh, you know, lights work when you power them with a potential of voltage across their little conductors. And um, it would be a challenging world if every time I had to light a light up, I had to grab the two ends of a wire and touch them to the bulb, right? That'd be, <laughs> I, I would probably be dead if I You would. would. I you would, you would exa- <laughs> exactly, you would be dead. And, uh, but, so what have we done? We've, we've created a little switch, uh, a simple means by which a simple tool can actually help us to engage with a with a with an incredible power. Oh, nice! That would likely kill us. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and and I don't know. And sometimes I think of I think of our lives that way. That God Himself has actually desired that He, you know, once again, every every analogy falls short. But that God, an unlimited and incredible power, actually humbles Himself, and not only humbles Himself, but desires to be don't don't quote me on bad theology to, to be controlled to be to be delivered by our little light switch mm. by our little yes yes amen it's crazy that man. is incredible yeah <laughs> i just I, I love that too because i think sometimes we get into these um moments where we think so little of ourselves when yeah. god actually thinks so much of us right like yeah. it's uh, it, it, your little children go through this where they think they're not good enough sometimes right and they they think they're not strong enough but as a parent you know like no you can do that like you have the ability to do this and i think sometimes we do that with god as well we're like oh well god wouldn't use me god wouldn't do this through me god doesn't want to do this through me i'm not a saint you know i'm not holy enough and god's like no like my child like i made you to do this like i gave you yeah. the gift of the holy spirit so that you could be that switch through which the power of the Holy Spirit is transferred into my people. And <laughs> and I just like, if if you have that um, mindset that is not uh, of the Father's mindset, I would yeah. just pray that you would declare over your own life, God wants to use me. Let's and, do it together. Yeah. Ready? One, two, three. God, God wants, wants to use me. me. Praise the Lord. Yes. And I just, <laughs> I love that. Like God wants to save souls through you, right? That he, he invites us into his redeeming work to bring souls to the kingdom of God. So yeah. You can evangelize and bring souls to Christ and bring help Jesus bring them to heaven. Yeah. He wants to heal through us. He wants to speak his word through us. He wants to love through us. He wants to touch uh, people's hearts through us. It's just amazing. God wants to use you. He yeah. wants to use me. Oh, it's wild. It's so wild. And and um, and all of this, you know, wraps up in uh, the source and summit of our faith. That that this is this is truly this is affirmed so beautifully in the Eucharist that that Jesus humbles himself. That his uh, daily presence with us would be would be through the form of bread and wine. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's like you know, next time you think about the Eucharist, next time you're at Mass, uh, as the as the priest is lifting up the host and the cup, 
um, maybe think to yourself, uh, God is, God's telling me right now that if he can use a piece of bread and a cup of wine to become his presence here on the earth, to be transubstantiated into his body, blood, soul, and divinity, then he can use me. I think I'm a little bit more dignified than bread. You know, <laughs> right? That's I have my moments where I question that, Dan. <laughs> well, but yeah, I mean, that's nuts. He takes the smallest possible thing ever yeah. and uses it for his glory to become him. And that's what he does through us uh, in baptism. That so through the good. Holy Spirit, we become his body. And so good. I just love that. So if, if, uh, if you've been struggling with a mindset that says you're not good enough and God hasn't chosen you, God has said, it was not you who chose me, but I who chose you. So yeah. you have been chosen. You are the body of Christ. You are meant for his glory and to be an instrument and a tool for his glory. And yeah. you just have to declare that over yourself because, you know, I, I read the lives of the saints. I wonder if sometimes we're like, oh, well, I'm not a saint, so I can't do those things, right? Yeah. Or like, that's not going to happen in my life because I'm not a saint. I, I've never read a life of a saint where a saint went around saying, I'm not a saint, so God's not going to use me in that way, right? Like, <laughs> no, they, the, the attention wasn't on themselves. The attention uh-huh. was on God and his glory. And because the attention was on God and his glory, God was able to use that glory through them. And Amen. So, so if we walk around saying, I'm not a saint, and because of that, God can't do these things, you, you, the, the mindset is in the wrong spot. That's awesome. We haven't even... This this is still the open of the show, and my heart's already being, oh man, this is going to be a great day. This is going to be a great day. Thanks for joining us on Beyond Damascus. As you, guys, as you know, listeners, uh, Dan and I, we run a youth, um, young adult movement here. It's called Damascus. Uh, that's that's kind of where the namesake of the show comes from, right? And every day, this is the work that we're about. Uh, um, you know, what we're talking about today is identity is understanding your sonship and, and, your, and your daughterhood, right? Of realizing that I'm a child of God and God desires to use me and to use others to speak to me, mm-hmm. that, we, that we co-labor with him. Um, this is spoken so beautifully in Scripture, right? That not only do we, do we share in the commissioning of Jesus to, uh, to baptize the, the world, to baptize nations, um, not only do we share in the miraculous uh, work of Jesus. You know, Jesus says consistently in Scripture, go, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, um, you know, cast out demons, all, all the things that, 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 we, that we associate with Jesus, we are called to, to share in that work. And also in Scripture, we're called to share in the suffering of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. That, that there's not a part of Jesus's mission, of Jesus's life that he holds back from us. And I, I think that for a lot of us, it requires a change, a shift of mentality, right? A renewal of our of our thought, of our mind, as, as to how we actually experience this call. Mm. And that, that's the work of Damascus. That's what we're doing every day with young people. I just I just walked down from our lodge, and uh, you know, there's there's a hundred high school students right here from from one of our our local high schools here in Ohio, and they're here and they're receiving that message, and they're being they're they're being invited to the reality that hey. You know, the normal routine of your life might try to beat this out of you, but we need to remind ourselves that I listen and I, I, you know, I report to a higher authority, that I report to Jesus. And if Jesus trusts me and if Jesus loves me, then I'm going to trust and I'm going to love myself and I'm, I'm going to allow myself to be a part of this mission and a part of this call. Amen. So uh, that's that's our invitation for you today, listeners. Let let this let the testimony that we're about to experience today and let just let this. Um, this message of identity and dignity and calling be one that resounds through our heart 
as, as, we, as we enter in today. So we've got an incredible testimony coming up yes. after the break, and you're gonna your your uh, your hearts are gonna be lifted up to Christ to realize that God loves you and that He wants to you to come to Him whenever you're struggling, uh, and that He surrounds you with people who bring Him to you. So you're listening to Beyond Damascus, a co-production of Saint Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio, and we will be right back after this short break. She is one of the most beloved saints of all time. Honored as the Saint of the Little Way. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. Saint Therese of Lisieux entered the Carmelite convent of Lisieux in 1888 and survived only nine more years. Still, her extraordinary holiness and prayer life prompted her superiors to have her write an autobiography, The Story of a Soul. It became a spiritual classic. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Look to EWTN for inspiring Lenten programming. All these words tell us what we must do to enter eternal life. Do we take the words of Christ seriously, which tell us to pray incessantly, to pray fervently, to forgive, to love the poor, to be generous? Do we take them seriously? Because the one who said these words has risen from the dead. Lenten programs now through Holy Thursday on EWTN Radio and TV. And welcome back to Beyond Damascus. Thanks for joining us after the break. Once again, Beyond Damascus is the show where encounter meets mission. It's a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. And Dan, this has been a great show already, and it's about to get better. We're going to welcome on our guest for today's show. And um, Angel is joining us today. Angel is a, a parishioner down here at one of our local parishes in in Central Ohio, and um, she's got a story that is just going to rock your socks. So I've known Angel for a couple years, Dan. We've known Angel for a couple years just through um, having participated with her basically through a number of different ministry events here in and around Columbus. And, um, you know, honestly, in preparing for today's show, I learned so much more. And listeners, I'm so excited for you to be blessed by this testimony. Dan, let's welcome on Miss Angel. Woo-hoo! Thank you. Angel! Thanks, guys. Welcome to the show. And with a name like Angel, we can't go wrong today. <laughs> yes. Hey. <laughs> welcome to, welcome to um, Beyond Damascus. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm no angel, okay? I'm very much of a regular person. We're so excited that you're here. Okay, Angel, so here on the show, we we would love to share about how we have experienced a call to mission through a life of extraordinary uh, encounter, right? To yeah. Through a moment of extraordinary yeah. encounter. And in, uh, in even in just preparing with you for today's show, I'm, I'm so excited for us to share... Um, to share that part. So Angel, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us about your your life, your, your professional life. I think that's really inspiring even also. Um, and how it is that God's kind of prepared your heart uh, as we as we dive in today. Yeah, well, um, you know, I've, I've grown up here in Ohio. I uh, lived out in California for mm-hmm. a while, uh, but mostly here in Ohio. And I'm a mother, two boys, wonderful husband, was living a pretty regular life. I'm an, I'm an attorney. Mm-hmm. I do litigation. 
So I'm in the courtroom quite dun, a bit. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I warned you I might try to take over the conversation. So, yes. so are we going to have an interesting like commercial at the end? Like, if you've been injured in a car accident, <laughs> Stop. call <laughs> Angel Fox. Of course we are. Okay, great. <laughs> okay, uh, got to make a living. <laughs> that's great. So um, Angel, uh, paint, paint a picture of uh, kind of what your relationship with God uh, w- has been in your life leading up to the moment of extraordinary encounter that we're going to share about today. You know, I and here here's the other thing too, is I really like to start when I talk about my testimony, which is I just have to pinch myself every day. Yeah. Um, like I'm, I'm not supposed to be here, right? Like I'm not supposed to be alive. So I just feel that I'm here. Yeah. And right now, and I thank you for having me on the show. Oh, yeah. Because obviously the Lord wants me here. He wants me here. And there is who's ever listening out there. You're supposed to hear this because I'm still alive Amen. because of this. And it, it's all for him. Um, you know, this was, you know, about four years ago, pretty much in a regular life, getting up, going to work. Um, and it was all about work for me. I'm the breadwinner of the family. Mm-hmm. I worked hard to get through all of that law school and everything and uh, was doing well. I mean, just very well in, in the law practice and uh, ended up in a somewhat of a hostile work environment, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, you don't always jive with people and uh, it wasn't the work at all. It was mostly just kind of the people and everybody can find themselves in that situation. I'm sure, you know, I was very blessed through my you know, college years and high school and even grade school, not being in situations where I wasn't getting, um, you know, I was constantly getting along with people, but you can be in those situations. And it was, I want to say it was kind of a bullying situation. And here I was like an adult in a professional <laughs> law office, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how does that happen? Yeah. Um, but it, it was and uh, causing a lot of stress. So I found that I was almost living like a double life. I would go to work and be this awful person because, you know, it takes two to tango, right? Mm. If you're going to mess around with me, I'm going to mess around with you. <laughs> I don't want to mess around with you. Yeah, don't, don't do that. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And um, so, you know, it, it was not a good place. So I found I was trying to seek other things in my life outside. So I ended up going, you know, trying to do more in the church and with my uh, parish yeah. And um, trying to concentrate more on just things outside of my work, which is hard to do because you're going to work five days a week. You're spending more hours with people at work than you are your own family. So how do you do that, right? Mm-hmm. So I found myself at a at a, um, a prayer service at one of the um, you know local uh, parishes here. And it was out here actually at Damascus. Yeah. Um, You were hosting that parish and a prayer service that day. And it was kind of interesting because I, people were, you know, they were sharing in prayer and and getting together and praying with each other, which is not something I was used to. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, prayer is just like you just do by yourself in solitude and, you know. Um, So to see that happening was kind of odd to me. And of course, I was feeling unworthy. Uh Like, you know, Dan, you were talking earlier how, you know, like as children and you feel unworthy and, you know, us as adults, I mean, every day, right? Yeah. Um. So I was just kind of sitting there alone, just kind of watching all of these people praying with each other. And uh, so sure enough, you know, there was um, 
one of the uh, priests was just like, you know, do you want to, do you want me to pray with you? And mm-hmm. I said, sure. And, uh, I really didn't have anything that specific I wanted to have prayer for because, you know, it's embarrassing, you know, oh, hey, I'm being bullied to work, right? You're not going to say that, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, so I asked for more of the Holy Spirit. Mm, that's yeah. a pretty good prayer. It, it is, it, right? When, when all else fails, ask for more of <laughs> God. More of God. <laughs> and I knew I needed that too, yeah. you know, I, I did. So um, it was an incredible experience. So it was kind of interesting, but from that day forward, I started having these like swallowing issues. And within a month, I was getting an endoscope. And I had cancer. Wow. I had, I had, they, uh, they confirmed it was stage two esophageal cancer. Really, 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 really bad, bad stuff. So, so you came to Damascus yeah. to receive prayer. Prayer. <laughs> yeah. And you left with cancer. And I left with cancer. Wait, wait a second. Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> yes, that, that is true. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, and and I, and that that actually I thought about that a lot. I'm like, wait a minute, Lord, I'm seeking out more, yeah. you know, to deal with this situation at work, and then I end up with this cancer. Yeah. Um, but you you shared with me earlier that that it was actually a tremendous blessing. That it you, was an extreme. That you started to experience that pain. Yeah, because what happens with this cancer is it pretty much lays silent, and you don't even know you have it. Oh wow! And it spreads like just wildfire, and mm. and. Um, Basically, most people who find out that they have esophageal cancer are pretty much gone within two weeks. Wow. Yeah. So it it was a blessing, but, you know, they still said that even with all the radiation I was going to endure, the chemotherapy I was to endure, and the major, major surgery, mm-hmm. it was major surgery um, that I would have, that I still only had a 5% chance of surviving wow. even after all of that. Yikes. So it's not it, good news to hear. No. It's just, so, so basically I'm being told like, you're going to go through hell and you still may die. Yeah. And, it, and the other thing I was thinking, okay, well, I'm in good health otherwise, so I can endure this. I'll get through this. That's not even a factor in this cancer. They can't even, they can't even associate, well, if it's, you're younger or if you're a woman or something that you're going to still survive, you know, it doesn't matter. It's, yeah. it's just so um, unpredictable. So there I was. And I remember the day um, you know, when I got the diagnosis, went out to the car. I'm sitting there with my husband. Mm. And we're just like, what the heck just happened, right? Um, I didn't even, I, I, don't, I don't even know what I was like. I, I couldn't even pray, right? I could not, there was nothing that could come out of my mouth except you know, what, what do I do right now? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even know what to do right now. And I remember my phone rang and I thought, what is going on? Because I had my phone off because we just came out from the oncologist and I didn't recognize the number. And the first thing I thought is, oh my gosh, so it's the doctor and they misread the results. Mm. They're going to tell me I don't have cancer, right? Because these are the crazy things that go through your mind. So I answered the phone and um, this, it was St. Gabriel Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to St. Gabriel Radio. What? Not only does Damascus call at the worst times. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah, and which, you know, they've never called me before, so uh-huh. I'm thinking, what's going on? And they're like, oh, yeah, we know you're an avid listener, and we'd like to reach out to you to uh, be a call-in listener to the 
um, speak to the bishop program yeah. that was going to um, be the next week. And they just like to assure that they've got enough callers. So I guess they line people up, which doesn't mean you're going to be on the show or not. Yep. And I, I was like, again, I was like kind of in shock and I'm thinking, okay, yeah, sure. And so they go on about, you know, what date, what time. And I'm like, all right. So they did want to tell me the subject. They said, well, the topic, so you can think of a good question is time is a gift. How do we spend that time? And I was just like, okay, that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of an important message at this that's, point in your life. <laughs> yeah. So my husband's just like, who was that? Who was that? And I'm like, um, it was St. Gabriel who's got a message from God for me through the bishop <laughs> on Tuesday and next week. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It was just things like that through this whole journey that kept telling me, you know, God was just poking me saying, hey, I'm here. Yeah. You know, I'm with you. Um, you know, that point forward, I had a retreat that I was going to that weekend planned, already planned. And I was a speaker at that retreat. So it's like, I definitely had to go. And I went, I, it it was a woman's retreat out at, um, one of the basilicas in Ohio. Yep. Um, Our Lady of Consolation. And so I go to that and, um, it is a beautiful weekend, uh, filled with prayer. I'm, feeling like I'm on holy ground. I'm kind of like regaining myself to get back on this journey. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, it was also um, the Feast of St. Blaise. I don't know if people know this out there, but St. Blaise, um, there's like a blessing of the throat yeah. with, with St. Blaise. Patron for throat ailments. Right. Which I thought, okay, Lord, you're poking me again here. <laughs> I have a slight throat ailment I right have now. a major, yeah, major <laughs> throat ailment here. Um, and then I began, um, I began my chemotherapy. I went, um, that week and I remember that week, especially it became very, I was starting to get very angry at the people that I had worked with that because I, I started to realize that I really had no, uh, physical reasons why to have this cancer other than stress. Mm. And, um, so, you know, I just want to speak to the people out there who are experiencing stress. It's just, just, just work on that because it can just wreak havoc on your your Mm. body and your soul Mm -hmm. and so i was festering this anger towards these people a friend of mine um grace i met with her and she was just like oh angel you know these people that you work with you really need to know i was like i know i know i need to start praying for them right (laughs) and she's like no and i'm like well no i I need to start praying for them she's like no you need to love them Mm. And I'm like a week out of being diagnosed with cancer, festering on this, like, these people gave me cancer, right? (laughs) Don't tell me who to love. (laughs) And I'm looking for consolation from a friend, and she's like, no, you got to love these people. And I know how earlier you were talking about, you know, how Jesus speaks through our words, you know, and just, you know, other people. And those were words that was speaking to me. I was just like, oh, my gosh, you know, that's so true. I literally went out to my car just bawling, crying, and I went through each of their names, and I just out loud just said, I love you, Mm. you know, each name, and I just said, I love you. And I mean, I was like bawling, crying, and this was from my heart, and I knew that my soul depended on this, Mm. you know, because I was basically being told, you're going to die, and I got to tell you, I just 
you know, I wanted to go to heaven, right? Like, this is it, right? Like, mm-hmm. now you're really thinking about it. And again, you know, I hope people out there listening, you know, you realize it's like, don't wait till, you know, the end to start thinking about that. You got to yeah. think about that now because we're just travelers here. Yeah, You got to start packing those bags right now to go home. And this was one of those things that I needed to start, you know, unpacking or leaving behind or packing mm-hmm. is I needed to start, you know, realizing what Jesus wants for us. And he wants us to love each other. And I, when I got home, and this had been a couple of weeks after, you know, I'm out of work now, I'm not working, I'm just receiving chemo and radiation. And on my front doorstep was a dozen white roses. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, well, who are those from? And I went up there and it was from my coworkers. Mm. <laughs> That's <was> awesome. <laughs> right. Gotcha. So, <laughs> it was... And I had not heard from them at all. Yeah. You know, um, and that day that I just spoke to God and I was telling him, you know, I'm going to love them. And I gave them every one of my radiation treatments. It was 45 radiation treatments. They were burning me mm. um, in my entire esophagus. You get these markers put on you and then they just run that, you know, that machine. Um, you're in there about 15 minutes and they're literally burning you from the inside out. And I would pray for them and I would just tell God mm-hmm. how much I love them. And, um, you know, I did get through my journey. There, there's more I want to um, share with that. And I did return to work. Um, and I'll share a little bit more about that in a little bit. But I get through the, I got through the chemo, I got through the radi- radiation. I go into surgery. Prior to surgery, I'm continually going to prayer services, right? Mm-hmm. It was just such an experience to pray with other people, mm-hmm. like in groups. Like, again, I'd never done that before. And during the time that I was receiving chemo and radiation, and, you know, in, in the off time that I had opportunity. I was just trying to get with as many people as I could to just pray together, yeah. to just hold hands and just to worship God together. And if you've never done that before, and a lot of people have it, mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of people don't even pray with their families. You know that again, that was something, I mean, I was a, you know, regular kind of person going to church on Sundays and stuff, but I really prayed with my family other than at meals. Yeah, And I just started to realize it's just like, we've got to do this together, right? We're in this together. And um, I started to pray more with my family and more with other people. And I felt that that was just bringing a lot of grace in my life. And I would be there, um, you know, in the evenings feeling ill, you know, chemo. Yeah. It makes you nauseous. I could barely swallow my own spit. I mean, I would, I would literally like, have to spit out my spit because it would just bring tears to my eyes to Mm. swallow. And I could feel the prayers of people. I really Oh, that's awesome. So Dan, when we were opening the show, that that's like this is the kind of stuff we're talking about that um the body of Christ, that your prayers are powerful, right? Mm -hmm. That's a that's a declaration that that we I make with my kids all the time here at here at home that that my prayers are powerful. Even if even if we we, you know (laughs) Uh, you know, if, if angels on the prayer chain, that, that, that those, 
those 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 prayers pray before the the heart of the Lord in love that for whatever reason um god it's it's God's great pleasure that he would share that that work with us yeah amen angel can you explain for maybe the listeners who this idea of praying with others is starting to resonate with them and they're they're feeling a call to rely on others more for prayer and to pray with others more um what does that look like? Because it can be, I, you know, you you described that time when you were at Damascus and we were praying over people for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and you're like, what? This is like maybe it's something that people have never even seen. Like we understand liturgical prayer a lot of times as Catholics, or we understand memorized prayer. But what does spontaneous prayer with one another even even look like? And how did you jump into that with your family? And how did you jump into that with like coworkers and, right. and friends? Well, you know. Again, it, it was just all new to me. And then here I was at this prayer service kind of observing it. And I was then invited to, you know, join hands and pray together. Um, you know, how does that look like it? I mean, for me now, um, having gone through what I have gone through and feeling the effects of these prayers, it literally means like I was, I was for an example, I was sitting at... Um, uh, I went out for a happy hour with a friend. We're having a glass of wine. She's asking me, um, hey, Angel, could you keep me in your prayers? And I literally say, you know, can I hold your hand and pray with you right now? And just open up my heart to the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, to hear um, to hear her heart, you know, to, to bring that to him, to actually say it out loud, mm-hmm. you know, so that... Um, and it was, it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, at, at, <laughs> we were literally at this wine bar and, um, the bartender came over and asked for a prayer. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Praise the Lord. You know, yeah. we were like, yeah. Amen. And we, That's you know, yeah. yeah we, well, <laughs> and I think if, if prayer's an act of love, then you, as you said, just open your heart and say the words of love <laughs> to, yeah. to Jesus for the other and asking, you know, when you have, like, I love when I'm praying with someone just to say, Father, reveal to me how you love this person. Mm-hmm. And then when the when I ask the Father to do that, he he often gives me uh, his heart for that person. So then I'm just able to pray with the Father's heart. And I think there's something so profound. So if you're listening, don't be afraid to start something new in your life, right? To pray with others and to pray for uh, 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 with, with your family and, and your coworkers and random people at the bar. <laughs> I love that. I do. I do it all the time too. I've, I've been in the middle of, uh, you know, a festival and yeah. have just joined hands and prayed together, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful sight to see. And think about it. You know, a lot of us don't even pray when we go out to eat, like you're in a restaurant and I, I just, you know, I can't understand it now, but like then I never did it. Yeah. I never did it because it's yeah. just like you don't want to make other people uncomfortable. Right? Yeah. You know, you have, you have to, you know, be like other people. And, but you know what? Everybody prays. It's a universal language. Hello. <laughs> you know, or at least it should be. Right. <laughs> and, uh, but not to take away either from, you know, just silent prayer with God. Mm-hmm. So I was, um, during during the journey, during the chemo, I was going regularly to um, prayer and adoration prayer, um, spending time, you know, just quiet with the Lord. And uh, I remember I was kind of going through my prayer list, <clears throat> and um, all of a sudden I heard, Angel, you're going to be okay. Mm. And I kind of stopped and I thought, 
well, that was kind of weird because I wasn't really thinking that. And so I went back to my prayer list and I hear it again. I hear, Angel, you're going to be okay. Just kind of out of the blue, not thinking that at all. So I stop and, of course, being the lawyer that I am, (laughs) I put God into deposition. (laughs) (laughs) Never a good idea. (laughs) Right. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm going to be okay. What does okay to you mean? I know what okay to me means. What does it mean to you? Does that mean I'm going to be around a while? Is it going to be I'm coming to heaven? Mm-hmm. You know, what What exactly? And, of course, after, you know, about 30 questions, because that's about what it takes, and getting no response, I start laughing to myself, and it's like, of course, you know, I'm going to be okay no matter what, right? Yeah. So if you go there, if you have the heart of Jesus, if you wake up every day and just, Lord, forgive me, I'm a regular person here. I'm trying to see through your eyes. I'm trying to speak your words. I'm yep. trying to, you know, do what you would do. I'm trying to love. I'm trying to love like you. I mean, there's our love and there's his love, right? Mm-hmm. If you are and, and you're just, and you're, um, you know, if you're partaking in sac- the sacraments, if that's something that you do, you know, you're going to be okay no matter what. Mm. You are, he wants you. Yeah. You know, he wants you there. And then here's the other thing, too, is a lot of people don't realize, but people in despair, people in distress, it's hard to pray. Yeah. Which is why I was drawn to praying with people, because yeah. it was hard to pray for myself. Yeah. Invite somebody else to help carry the carry the, the burden. I mean, I literally had my friends and my community and even strangers were lifting me through the rooftop into the arms of Jesus. Yeah. That's amazing. What a, what a beautiful testimony for prayer. Um, so you're receiving treatment and, uh, where, where, where does that lead next? The surgery. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I stayed away from Googling all of this. That's a good idea. (laughs) Until afterwards, of course. That so. may be as good as a thought as pray regularly. <laughs> uh, <yes. laughs> Two things when you get a diagnosis. <laughs> pray yes. and avoid Google. Yes, avoid that. Uh, be, looking back, I mean, yeah. if I would have known before the surgery what the world they were going to be doing. So, of course, I had an idea. But um, So they basically were going to remove three-fourths. They had to... Deflate a lung, remove three-fourths of my esophagus, a third of my stomach, and literally reshape my stomach, pulling it up. Um, My stomach is literally up in my chest, like near Mm -hmm. my heart. Um, The surgeons, because I had more than one surgeon doing this, explained that if they were doing brain surgery and open-heart surgery at the same time, that this surgery was more serious. Hmm. So I was on the gurney that morning. Um, my husband's staring at me, and I'm ready, right? Yeah. Like I'm ready. If I and I told him, I said, "If I see that light, I want you to know that I'm going to Jesus." Yeah. And of course, he was like, "No, <laughs> not yet. I, I want you to stay in here." Uh-huh. Um. But I was ready, you know, and one of the things to be ready in that suffering is a friend of mine who had lost her uh, son very tragically, 14 years old. He was a 
he was a camper here actually mm-hmm. at Damascus. Um, it was a couple weeks after his summer camp here. And she shared with me one time, she said, you know, our children are not ours. And that was the hardest thing when I yeah. was told I was going to be dying was to give up my kids. But she had me realize that they are not ours. Yeah. They are his children. Mm-hmm. And we're just, um, we're just taking care of him for a while. Yep. And that although I would not be here, that he was going to continue to take care of them. Yeah. And that was the hardest thing in that whole, in the whole journey. And I have to give my kids up every single day. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you just like do and it's done. It's an everyday journey that I do literally every day. I have yeah. to do that. And so I was on, I was there, I was going into surgery five hours, no less than five hours, probably more. Mm. I was out of there in two and a half hours. Wow. I was sitting up in 20 minutes talking. So they didn't even have anyone in the recovery room because I wasn't even supposed to be awake yet. And this nurse was walking outside and I said, hey, and she nearly fell over. She looks in, she's like, what? You know, what in the world? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, am I okay? And she's looking at me very strangely, and I'm thinking, am I alive? What's going on? (laughs) Is this heaven? Yeah. (laughs) No, it's Iowa. (laughs) And she um, waves down to the doctor. She's like, she's sitting up and talking, and which was just just incredible. Throat surgery? (laughs) I just had like my esophagus taken out, basically. (laughs) And um, I was out of there in record time. They, to this day, they've never seen, they said they opened me up. It's like, you know, new tissue. It was Hmm. amazing. So I'm good for a year, right? I'm living life. I am not going back to my old self, mind you. Yeah. Um, I return to work. I believing, believing that you're healed. I'm believing I'm healed, right? It's gone. Like they do the PET scan. It's all gone. I get back to work. I'm sitting there. Of course, you know, within 24 hours, I realized that nothing at work changed. Yep. Cause why would it? Nothing. They have not, Nothing's changed for them, right? Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to just like when all the kind of tactics started back at work because you can't expect other people to change unless they're going to encounter the Lord. I just wanted to love them. I mean, it's just like that heart that I had prayed every 45 radiation treatments was with me. I mm-hmm. mean, I I wanted to just hug every one of them and just scream to them like, God loves you so much. Do you know how much he loves you? That's an awkward evangelization tactic, though. So, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It it did take a lot to not do that, you know? And and I really, because it would be kind of like, they would be calling HR, I think. (laughs) (laughs) It was just violated, but... It would. (laughs) Um, But I ended up, um, you know, very soon getting another job and um, going back for a scan and they found that it, the cancer had metastasized into my upper left lung. Mm. So I was diagnosed with stage four. And it was a matter of palliative care. Wow. So just I, like that after a year. Uh, yeah, just like that. And I was, this is something that I think every cancer survivor, right, you're dealing with. I know that. Mm hmm. That every scan you have, 
Are we going to go back there? Yep. Um, and this is why I think it's important to continue to like not return to your old self, mm. you know, to just keep your eyes on Christ, to just move forward, you know, living for him. Uh, because you don't know, like everybody should do that, right? Yeah. Because we're all going to die, right? But I think especially people who have gone through and who are survivors in whatever your situation is, whether it be cancer, um, to just take that message to others like I'm trying to do today. It's like you just you just need to just take each day. So sure enough, it came back. Um, the cancer is, uh, the, is, the tumor is shrinking, but at some point it's going to become resistant. Yep. And then I'm going to be gone. Yep. I have planned my funeral three times over. It's going to be beautiful. You guys are invited. <laughs> you were already on the list, I'm telling you. Um, but uh, I continue to go to prayer services, you know. I continue to pray with people and for people. You know, people during their suffering have powerful prayers, they have powerful prayers. You know, a lot of times people want to just shut down and go away when you're, um, you know, in these situations. But I would encourage them to open their hearts. Mm-hmm. So I was at a prayer service up in Toledo with Encounter. Encounter is a ministry out of Brighton, Michigan. Yeah. And children prayed with me. <laughs> children. How old, how old were they? <laughs> children. They were 11. They were 9. They were six. Nice. They were children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were all just, they were calling that Holy Spirit and bringing Jesus, you know, right there into my heart. In March, and that was in, um, that was two months later, I get a CT scan and the cancer is gone. Yes. Let's give a, a little <laughs> shout out to the faith of children. Thank you, Jesus. It's gone. I and that, that just is like not, not. Just describe that. Right. Uh, describe that situation in the in the doctor's with my doctor. He office. starts reading the scan, and I said, "Well, what's the size on that?" Be- they didn't. You really talk about the size of the tumor because it had stopped shrinking. We thought for sure it was going to start growing. So he goes back and he's like, "Huh?" So he reads the scan three months prior, and he reads the scan again. He reads it three times over. He starts to stutter actually. Mm. And then he stands up and he says, okay, um, yeah, so we're in all new territory here. And I was like, we're in Holy Spirit territory. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, My last, uh, in November, I went off of chemo entirely, which I was not supposed to for the rest of my life. Wow. And I had another scan a couple months later and it was clear. Yes. And it was clear, yeah. And it's been clear for the last, you know, three scans. I got another one coming up this month. And, you know, Lord, I'm ready for whatever you got for me. Um, but it's just, it's a miracle, my oncologist said, because I was trying to understand, well, maybe it's my DNA, maybe it's the protein inhibitor, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, Angel, it's divine intervention. Yeah, yeah. You know, what's, what's sticking oh, out that's to awesome. me is at the beginning of your testimony, you said you had a 5% chance uh, to survive. Uh, and, and so... 
it, sometimes we could think like, oh man, I'm I'm like well that and that five percent chance probably went down. It went down to stage four. Yeah, point eight. Well, two point eight. Two point eight to survive uh, just two years. Yeah. Well, and what I keep hearing the Lord saying is just like you are my one percent. That like when He goes after the one lost sheep, that we every one of us is 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 the Father's one percent. That like so it's not you don't need ninety five percent chance of survival. You don't you just you just need one percent because that's who you are. Like you are the Father's one, and He He sees you as an individual and every moment, and He loves mm. you. And so no matter what suffering, no matter what difficulty, no matter what hardship you're going through, you're the Father's one percent, and He's the only thing. You're the only thing he's looking at right now, and you're the only thing on his mind, and he loves you with all of the love of heaven, all of the love of creation. He loves you with with an undying, powerful love, and yeah. you're never alone, and I think that's so powerful yeah. that the Father, no matter—the medical field is so strong, and we, we, we give God so much glory because he heals through the medical field, and mm. he heals through prayer ministry— um, but the medical God is not limited by the medical field, right? <laughs> yeah. He's not li- limited by their statistics and their odds. That's awesome. Yeah, Angel, I love your I love your testimony for a couple reasons. Um, I, I think the most the most impactful thing for our listeners is that this testimony speaks to the heart of every single one of us. Um, I, I think you know I love celebrating supernatural healing, right? There, it, it's that that's Jesus. Jesus gives us the example in the scriptures of the apostles celebrating um, his, his healing with, with great joy. Uh, but um, I also love the ability that you're able to witness to and testify to God's, uh, God's healing through the redemption of suffering. And um, you, <laughs> you've experienced it at all, right? You, you, didn't, you didn't go to the healing service you know, the day after that diagnosis and pop, it's gone. But but you've spent years struggling through this and coming to terms with understanding your identity as a daughter and continuing into uh, what it is that, that the Lord has to speak to you and to the church through this process. We're gonna we're gonna break, and um, as you know, Beyond Damascus is the show where encounter meets mission. And Angel, I believe God's placed an incredible mission on your life. Um, we're gonna wrap up the show after the break. Um, with with some words that you received that have just been so deeply inspiring um, through this process and also what it is that God's called you to do through this. So listeners, join back with us after this short break. The EWTN home video highlight for March is What is God's Will? A Spiritual Director's Guide to Accompanying Discernment of God's Will. Father Timothy Gallagher helps you learn how to listen for the still, small voice of our Lord in this five-part miniseries. Order your DVD set at EWTNRC.com, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, or call 1-800-854-6316. Looking for a 2020 view on how Catholics are voting in the upcoming election? EWTN News and Real Clear Opinion Research are partnering to bring you clear and concise data on where the nation stands on issues, candidates, policies, and more by surveying Americans, including Catholics like you. And it's available now at EWTNnews.com forward slash poll. And welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. This has been an incredible show. Angel, I just want to thank you for sharing your message for sharing your story, and for really uh, 
embodying what it is to be called from encounter into mission. Listeners, I, I want to share with you the mission that Angel's about, and it, it's really starting here locally in, in the Diocese of Columbus, Ohio, and our, our prayer for you, Angel, and for all of you listeners is that if you were inspired by today's show, that you'll, you'll thank the Lord and you'll support Angel as you've been called to sharing this message. You've spoken at a number of different events and uh, and to different ministries and here on the radio, and we just pray, God, that you'll continue to launch her to be able to share this life-changing testimony in mission. So, uh, listeners, I'd like to join us um, to join in prayer as we, as we close today's show. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God, you never waste our suffering. When you call us into a life of embracing your cross, you desire it for our holiness or for the opportunity to bring others to holiness, Jesus, or to be a source of powerful witness through healing. Um, God, we thank you for what you've done in Angel's life, and we pray that you'd do it in ours. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Dan, why don't you share that a little promo piece with us? Yeah, if you uh, if you love this testimony and you want to read a deeper version of the testimony as Angel goes into more detail, there's a book called Pray Fully uh, by Michelle Fanley and Emily Jaminette. Uh, it's sold by Ave Maria Press. You can get that in Chapter 1. Uh, there is yeah. the testimony written out. And so very exciting. Check that out, Pray Fully uh, by Ave Maria Press. Pray Fully. And then, Angel, early in today's show, when you shared that story of the sh- of the radio show with Bishop Campbell, he spoke some amazing words that were really impactful for you. And as we were sharing earlier, I asked if maybe you'd be interested in reading those words for our audience one more time. So these were the words from our previous bishop in the Diocese of Columbus, Bishop Campbell, and they provide such tremendous strength to you. Would you read those with us as we close today's show? I will. And this is, um, this is relevant to all people suffering. It's not just people with cancer and it's not just like serious suffering. I mean, suffering is suffering people, yeah. right? So I had um, asked the bishop and I had explained to him that I was um, suffering from, you know, cancer and I wanted to know how to offer it up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you offer it up? So his, uh, his response was, the typical answer is to offer it up. That might be the case, but it shouldn't be spoken lightly because we do not want to deny the suffering that we will face. Part of the difficulty is that we look too far in the future. We paint pictures for ourselves, the typical human response. If we can picture it, we can deal with it. The one time we surely possess is the time right now. How do we use it? Are we paralyzed by the fear of the future? How do I prepare for that moment? What will I have to give up? You ask how I am how I am to deal with it. You will never be silent. You will hear the prayers of the church, the prayers of others, and you will hear your own heart beating. It's a heart that can beat in concert with the heart of Mary and Jesus. Amen. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. This was Beyond Damascus, once again, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio, carried across the global EWTN Catholic Radio Network. And you can find us here at the St. Gabriel website, or you can download the podcast for Beyond Damascus wherever podcasts are found. Uh, thank you for joining us today. We hope that you have an incredible week. And we pray that God will bless you and inspire you through the message that you've experienced. God bless you.